0: I don't imagine many of us tell people about this line in the Gospel because it seems so contrary to many modern depictions of Jesus. He is, after all, called the Prince of Peace. And at Christmas time, we herald his arrival on earth by saying, Peace and goodwill the tidings that are glad, the joy of Christ coming into the world. And yet here he is as a grown man in his public ministry asking that question, do you think that I have come to establish peace? And he answers it for his disciples and says, no, but I come to bring rather division. A stark contrast to the feel-good Jesus painted in pastel colors. Now, this seems to be more like the Jesus of judgment who comes to bring about the fire of God's love on the world to condemn those who have condemned themselves and to raise to glory those who have accomplished the will of God. But it's a relatively unpopular image, just as following Christ in truth and charity remains a relatively unpopular choice. Some of you have been teachers or are teachers currently, and I recall from my childhood seeing often a sign in classrooms that says, what is popular is not always right, and what is right is not always popular. And nothing could be more true today than following the commands of God. Because the commands of God, as we see in the gospel today, bring about division. And that division is not opinion, that division is not rooted in emotions, that division is rooted in the sword of truth that truly heals what ails us. See, the idea is that if we just tell each other it's okay, that sin is not sin, and that you can do what you want, then what are we doing? One of my friends said, it's like putting band-aids on shotgun wounds. We're not actually healing anything. in fact, the person who has band-aids on the shotgun wounds will eventually die of infection. But the malady that we are faced with is that nobody wants to accept truth. The prophet Jeremiah, as we heard in the first reading, was being put to death for telling the truth, for warning the people around him that believing what they were believing and worshiping false gods was going to lead ultimately to their condemnation and their death and destruction. And at that point, it was literally the loss of their land and their inheritance and their well-being. For us, when we abdicate the truth and go along with the, the flow, rarely do we lose a job. In fact, it may help us to get a better job. But what are we compromising? We're compromising that which... Christ actually died for He did come to die for our emotions, what makes us feel good. He came to die for that which saves us. He came to die so that we may have life and not live in the pitiful destruction of sin and death. And we know that this truth that comes to bring about division is not easy to live with. In the modern political culture we live in, these truths which we hold to be, so to speak, true for everyone, aren't really true for everyone. If life is to be protected, why is life not protected? If freedom is to be protected, why is freedom given to some and not to others? If happiness is true happiness is to be a right that we can all work towards, why do we settle and say, well, your happiness that's actually destroying you is your right? Think about that. When we permit people and say it's their right to destroy themselves, are we truly being loving? I don't know of anybody who thinks that's a good idea. But when we enshrine it in law and say that to say anything contrary is prejudice and bigoted, the world is turned upside down. The prophets were often persecuted for saying what was so obvious. And you and I, though we don't experience it quite as intimately here in this part of the country, Know that throughout our country, many people who stand for the truth of Christ are persecuted and threatened. What are we willing to do to live that truth and to teach it? Are we willing to see division of two against three and three against two? It doesn't take much to get a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law angry at each other. We all know that. But if those fights were actually about the truth, it would be worth paying attention to. Unfortunately, those fights are about emotions and personal preferences all the time. If there was a willingness to be bold and teach by what we say and what we do, The the Lord would come and see the earth on fire, the fire of truth. But instead he comes, and we know it here elsewhere in the gospel, and he sees lukewarmness, lukewarmness in preaching from his priests and his bishops, lukewarmness in the faithful, whom, as we heard very recently, Don't even believe, a majority don't even believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. A lukewarmness that Jesus says himself, I will spit it out, for I would rather you be hot or cold than indifferent and apathetic. Many of you are beginning your school year. And for you students, I'm sorry. Real life had to come back at some point. You can't just play video games and sleep all day. But for your parents and for you as students, it's important that you be willing to live courageously in the truth of Christ, even when it's unpopular. Even when it costs you friendships. Because to be tethered to the truth is better than to be tethered to the whims and the emotions of talking heads on TV and college professors who don't know the difference between the truth and a spirited opinion. And it may be tempting for you to say, well, Father, it's easy for you to say because you're protected from all that. Dear friends, there's nothing more dangerous in America than being a white male Catholic priest. I can promise you that. There are not many friendly places for me to go. But I'm not worried about being everybody's friend. I'm worried about living out the call that Christ has given me as a baptized person first. And secondly, as a priest to live in his truth and be a willing prophet to die for that truth. If that's what it takes. Because it's not just about the idea of being right. It's about living in union with the person who is righteousness itself, Jesus Christ. As we hear St. Paul say, we must persevere in running this race. Know that you will be nourished if you come to Mass and if you receive communion in a worthy state. Know that you'll be nourished by the sacraments of confession to witness the edifying and beautiful sacrament of marriage to help bury the dead as a work of mercy, to care for the poor, which is our baptismal obligation, to teach as a catechist, as an aid in a a class, to help in preparation for sacraments, but to not be passive and lukewarm, but to be filled with that fire that burns in the heart of Christ, that burns for each of our souls, and is given to us in the Eucharist. This is the great joy of being called sons and daughters of God. Let us live as if it mattered, and not live according to popular opinion.